0: For today's episode comes from Ruby Receptionists. Ruby's live remote receptionists and proprietary technology are your solution to delivering excellent customer service experiences by answering live calls in English or Spanish, transferring calls, taking messages, addressing common questions, or making outbound calls for you. Most importantly, they sound like they're sitting in your office. To learn more, visit callruby.com or better yet, call us at 855-255- Ruby. My guest today is Zawadi Bryant. Zawadi, as CEO for Nightlight Pediatric Urgent Care, brings a wealth of business, marketing, and quality improvement experience. Zawadi has been recognized by Black Engineer Magazine as one of the top 30 black engineers under 30 and was inducted into the Ernst & Young Entrepreneurial Winning Women in 2016. Welcome, Zawadi.
1: Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me.
0: it's so great to have you on the show today. Uh, Tell me a little bit about Nightlight Pediatric. What do you guys do?
1: Well, we are an after-hours pediatric urgent care in the greater Houston area. We have seven locations, soon to be eight, to treat little kiddos that have bumps and boo-boos after hours. We're open in the evenings, weekends, and holidays.
0: So uh, that's got to be challenging to manage already that many locations. How long has the business been around? Uh, Some, you know, high level numbers, maybe how many employees you have revenues at this point?
1: Sure. Um, We've been around since 2007. So we're on our 11th year this year. Very happy to have passed that 10 year threshold. We have about 115 employees and the, the, challenge of uh, <laughs> growing and expanding is always before us, but we're running at about $10 million revenue annually.
0: Good for you. So talk about how you got started. How did you get into this business? Did you have a background in this area?
1: No, not at all. My background was mostly engineering, manufacturing. And then I, when I moved to Houston, I got into oil and gas IT And I was very happy there. I loved IT and procurement, working on software development. And a friend of mine that I went to church with, Dr. Anastasia Gentles, was the one who came up with this idea while working at one of the children's emergency rooms here in Houston. And she just noticed that a lot of the children that were in the ER were there for hours upon hours For things like cold, cough, flu, you know, minor procedures and all of those things can be seen in an urgent care setting and not have to wait for an emergency room. Um, And so she asked me if I thought opening up urgent care after hours just for kids was a good idea. And she asked me because I had a business background, (laughs) not because I had a medical background. And so I helped her put together a business plan and by just looking at it purely from a number standpoint, it looked like a great idea. And so once we were able to determine that there was actually a need for that, I was like, let's get it set up. And I helped her set it up and eventually she realized that she didn't want to do any of the hands-on business side and that's how I got involved from the very beginning.
0: So what was that like for you to jump from kind of the engineering world into really being a, a business leader?
1: Oh, gosh. So I, I enjoyed engineering from just a problem solving standpoint. And I think, you know, I think that's a lot of what business is. You know, you see a problem, you find a solution, you implement it, then you diagnose it, like, you know, was it a good solution or not? And so I think it's you know, a lot of the underlying same thing. Just I had to learn a whole new industry, (laughs) which is a very complicated industry. Healthcare is very complicated. A lot of factors, a lot of players, and um, it's not as black and white as engineering can be. And so I did have to learn that. And learning being a leader of other people was also something I had to learn. I always had great leaders and managers while I was an engineer, but I never really assessed why they were great until I had to be a leader myself.
0: <laughs> mm.
1: And so I I actually, you know, had to take stock in like, why did I like Roger Smith so great when I worked at Hewlett Packard? And I had to, you know, why did I think he was such a great manager? And I had to, you know, just really reflect on why I thrive so much in that environment and become more of a student of my experience than, than I had really realized before. I, 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 Enjoyed and thrived in environments, but had never really taken an assessment of why that was until I had to be a leader myself.
0: Well, that's great to be able to have such great examples to learn from and to be open uh, to to learning from that experience. But I bet your leadership potential didn't start there. Tell me about growing up. You know where you grew up, uh, influences maybe from your family or even early jobs that you had.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I always laugh at this one job I had in high school. I was a I was a cheerleader, and in order to pay for cheerleading camp, w- which was quite expensive, I had I had a job at Burger King, and my manager there um, would always tell me like You would be a great manager here at Burger King." I was like, Mm. I'm just trying to flip burgers and fries so I can pay for my cheerleading camp. (laughs) Like, I'm not trying to build a long-term career here at Burger King. But I think just being outgoing and wanting to learn everything, like I learned everything that there was to do at Burger King, like from the front to the back to cleaning to scheduling people. Like, I just wanted to learn everything. I just was a sponge. And he loved that about me, but, you know, I, I, not necessarily, I wanted to, you know, again, you know, own franchises of Burger King. I was just curious about, you know, learning everything there was about running a business. Um, so I think it was always kind of in me, but, you know, I just, again, I, I just have always been a very curious person.
0: Did he ever get you to take a management role?
1: No. I know. I for and you know, honestly, like I remember just the drama of the people that work there and i and i was thinking to myself like i would never want to be a manager mm-hmm. cuz people are crazy like the, my coworkers are crazy and so that was kind of like yeah I, i'm not interested in managing other people kind of turned me off
0: <laughs> yeah what about your folks what were they like and did they have influences on you as well
1: um i think like both my mom and my dad are driven people. And I think that's always helpful. Um, My mom's very nurturing, very encouraging, thinks that each of her children could probably do anything in the world. And I think that is always important to have in the household, someone that is a nurturer, someone that pushes you and thinks the world of you. I think that's very important for a parent to have. And I'm glad that I had that growing up. From my dad's perspective, he was from the curious side. I think that's where I get that from. He was constantly reading, always taking us to the library to read obscure books and random history and all of that kind of stuff. So from that side, I got, you know, the the intellectual curious side, plus, you know, from my mom, the nurturing, encouraging side.
0: Mm. Those are very important. Um, then have a big impact on you as well. So can you think of maybe uh, a lesson you learned from an unexpected source or maybe an unexpected time in your life?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I think when dealing with certain setbacks and challenges, I'm I'm a planner and I love to have everything planned out and scoped out. And I think, again, that comes from being a rigid or engineer, like just wanting to control things. And so I would say just when I was thinking about this question, you know, just to be genuine and transparent, like I recently had a health scare that totally just upended my 2018 plans. So 2017 was a pretty amazing year for me and for Nightlight. And 2018 was on track to be amazing as well. But given my recent health scare, I've had to scale back a lot, which, you know, originally was very scary, but with an amazing team at work and an amazing family, it's really been a humbling experience because I haven't had to do a lot, but things have still progressed a lot. So, you know, that's been really a challenge for me personally to handle that, but it's been an unexpected learning of, I can slow down, but things can still move ahead.
0: That's really an important lesson. And, and uh, of course, you know, you wouldn't want the circumstances with the health scare and all that. And I certainly hope all of that um, works out as well and quickly as possible for you too. But sometimes we, not that we we are uh Unaware, but sometimes we just almost take for granted that the the power of the team that we have built and their ability to execute. And um, so sometimes we think that we need to be there or we need to control everything. And it's in times like this where, and maybe even in an unexpected time where you need to spend time away, that you get a gain a, an appreciation for how loyal people are, how they'll step up, and I bet it it gives you a sense of how much more they can even do and grow themselves as part of your organization.
1: Yeah, no, I've been so amazed of how much people have stepped up and have really shown their capacity and their capability beyond my understanding and, and knowledge, and so it's been an opportunity for them to show their growth and show what they're made of. And I've, I'm, I'm like a proud mommy, you know, yeah. <laughs> Like, look at them. Mm-hmm. I'm super proud of them working as a team and, you know, not even involving me. And so, you know, when I'm back, I'm like, Hey, I'm back. They're like, Oh, we got this.
0: <laughs> yeah. like,
1: what do you mean?
0: <laughs> and you don't, you also got to appreciate how it, good it makes them feel to, 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 to actually do that work and to take care of you uh, and uh, I remember um, in 2005 and, in running my company and my younger brother and partner passed away and uh, I was able to completely step away from the business uh, for really a, a good you know four to six weeks and everybody stepped up. I mean, just the place kept running without a hitch. And, uh, uh, and I know that it brought them a lot of pride to, to, to do that as well. So I'm not surprised that you see that with your team. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, your business is still relatively young, and you're already having great success. And, and uh, I applaud you for that. But what I well the question I have is really around a nightlight and um how you guys have differentiated how what's special about the organization today. I know you built a unique culture there too. There's lots of freestanding, you know, urgent cares and ERs and uh, all of that. So as you entered this this regulatory and crowded market in healthcare, how have you guys managed to stand out?
1: Yeah, I think what what makes us stand out is just valuing our team and, and knowing that they are the center of our business because, you know, I'm not in the clinic every day. I'm not at every clinic. The people that render the services greet our patients. Those are I mean, they are essential to our success and we treat them as such. And so we just really focus on our culture, our values, um, to make sure it's, it's a place where the, the team can thrive and work independently as a team together. And so we do special things to acknowledge them, like we received an award um, from the Urgent Care Association of America and the big conference they're having and where they're gonna give us the award for um, the community leadership award. We, we want our star employees to go there. And so we had a competition where we asked the employees to send us a video of why they should be the ones selected to represent Nightlight at the conference in Las Vegas. And just the video submissions just made me cry because You know, I mean, they really, first of all, some of these people should take up making videos as a profession (laughs) some of them had slides in it and pictures and music. I mean, it was, I mean, they just did an amazing job. But the message that they had in the videos is like how the Nightlight family was different than any other place that they had ever worked, that they didn't just like their job. They loved it. They loved coming to work. They felt connected and important and valued, and it was just like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you know, I guess what we're doing is working. And so, you know, I, you know, I know that, you know, Nightlight will not be, you know, maybe the last job that people have, or the only job that they have. But you know, getting messages from one of our physicians. That he's moving on to another job. He he's a resident. And he worked with us during his residency. And he was like, you know, I learned so much at nightlight, like more than I learned, you know, during medical school. Cause you guys trained me and developed me. I learned so much. You know, he's taking a daytime job at another hospital, but he's like, what I learned here, what I learned I learned about family and working together, and I will always cherish my time here at Nightlight. And so that was just very heartwarming, you know, so I just tell the team that, you know, even, you know, I know people will come and go at Nightlight, but I want their time while they're with us to be meaningful and impactful.
0: You know, I, I think a que- a question a lot of people would have relates to the fact that you have multiple locations, and people are uh, always wonder well, when you're when you have multiple locations, how can you keep a consistent culture there? Um, in my business, which was also in healthcare, it was a call center business, but we were in a, a big Walmart building with uh, four hundred people all in the same in the same facility. So, as you have expanded to uh, the eight locations, and I'm sure there's plans for more, how do you keep the culture consistent amongst those various locations?
1: Yeah, so it it is a challenge. for the reasons you cited, but we we do things to make us connected. Like we have quarterly meetings where we all come together. um, And because our hours are um, very long, it's hard to find a time to come together more than quarterly. So we make the time quarterly all to come together. And at our last meeting, I just could not believe that we had so many employees. Matter of fact, that the place that we normally have it will probably um, have to get somewhere else because there was just so uh, many, many people. Um, But uh, we do quarterly meetings. We have Facebook for workplace, which is a great way to communicate Mm -hmm. across the company. Mm -hmm. And people post happy birthdays to each other. Um, One of our physicians is moving to Hawaii. They had a going away party for her. They posted that. Um, We're celebrating, you know, her new job, Um, you know, so we keep connected that way. We communicate our newsletters. We have newsletters that go out once a month. Um, We have uh, committees, Um, you know, so we have a customer experience committee, a values committee, a quality improvement committee that people from across the different locations can work together on these committees. They go to lunch. Um, meet on various different projects. Um, we have a well-being committee that works on, um, you know, giving us ideas of how to exercise, uh, drink more water. So they go and they they go and they have uh, they go and review different healthy places to eat in Houston and give us reviews. Um, so we try to make sure that there's ways that the team can 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 work together and to be together. And we come together during before the shift uh, for huddles. Mm.
0: Ah.
1: And during the huddles, we go over our values. I mean, we have 10 core values that we go over during the huddles. And each week we have a different value that we focus on. And I think this week we're focused on the value. Number one, we develop people and build up lives. That's our first value. And so we'll go around the huddle and talk about what that means to various people um, and what that means to the company and how we exhibit um, building people and building up lives as a company. And so we focus on values and that's what keeps us connected.
0: Absolutely. I think that is the foundation of, of everything that you do um, today, beyond even the what's going on, you know, in your recent health scare, what would you say are the, the biggest current challenges you have?
1: Hiring and retaining good staff. Um, I think that's like when I talk to other business owners, that always seems to be the challenge is um, hiring and retaining um, the, you know, excellent staff. Um, it is possible, but it, it is definitely have to put some rigor behind it. And so we have you know, incorporated a lot of tools during our hiring process, screening process, and then interviewing. And then we take a lot of time in training and developing our team. So we, even before they even get in the door to talk to a patient, we have already invested a lot of time and energy. And so we we try to make sure we have a really good return on our investment by that screening and interviewing process.
0: Yeah that's a great lesson for for everyone just to the time to Take to uh, really see if someone not only has the skill but the fit to be a part of the organization and invest that time up front. Sometimes we're so anxious to fill that spot that we uh, sacrifice a little bit. And uh, if we go through this rigor, like you said up front, we're at least reducing the chance of of something going wrong. You know, you're never going to bat a thousand percent, but that process is really important. So, as you think back to these kind of uh, last 10 years in running the business, what, what would you say is the hardest? or most humbling decision you've had to make as a leader
1: oh I would say most humbling I would say for me it's it's just you know I again being um someone who likes to be like in the details of everything um learning to let a lot of that go was was very difficult for me but now it's it's liberating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once I made that transition, it was like, Oh, I've been set free. Um, but, um, I think like making that transfer from me wanting to be my best to wanting to, to help other people get to their best has been the most gratifying, but it was humbling. Cause it was like, okay, I, I want to make them the best that they can be um and that that transition was very difficult but now i see that the time that we invested over the last couple of years in building our management team has all now starting to bear fruit
0: you're so right it is it is really liberating when you finally raise the level of talent that you have on your team particularly those that work closest with you and um and and realize that wow these are really smart people they're very capable uh there are days when you may think you know do they even need me anymore but the fact is they do need you you're the visionary um in the group and um and so to be able to step away like that and realize that they they've got it and that uh uh, that can make you feel good as well is really important step that all entrepreneurs uh, grow through, go through. Um, is there any other aspect of leadership that you feel like you need to improve upon?
1: I mean, for me, I think I could always be a better communicator. I, I'm, you know, sometimes make some assumptions that I shouldn't make that, oh, they know that or they got that or whatever. I, I mean, I think I could just be a better, better communicator. And I, for me, in communicating, just thanks, thank you, and um, you did a great job. for For me, I don't need that, but that doesn't mean other people don't. And so that that's a part of my development that I'm really trying to work on. You know, appreciating people more. Um, I, you know, I I I communicate to my team that that's what we need to do for our 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 team and our staff, but. Me as a leader, I need to do that more. I noticed that, like, I could do that more just, just in just showing appreciation and just saying it. Yeah. Um, it goes it, a long way.
0: It really does. And and we do take that for granted. I, I was the same way, too. And I had to be reminded. I mean, you know, an attaboy, girl, every once in a while uh, is really something that people thrive. They just basically want to feel valued and appreciated. And it's not about mm-hmm. the paycheck to them and uh and so sometimes as leaders we we just don't do it enough and uh to sort of remind ourselves and take time during the day to kind of uh walk out there or get you know get uh, be amongst everybody doing the work and just say just say thank you and showing that you really care about them goes further than almost any other recognition you could give them um so um you know, you've made this incredible transition uh, into business. What's what's next for Zawadi or for Nightlight?
1: Oh, for us, we're um the urgent care market is expanding and growing and and um lots of mergers and acquisitions going on and um so we've grown to the size to where um you know we are in a really good position to continue to grow. So we're looking ahead to grow a few more locations in Houston, um, expand into some other cities in Texas, Um, and then beyond that, I mean, we've been approached to open up locations outside of Texas. So we're open to consider, you know, all the possibilities. Um, We're also going to launch a telemedicine service line this year where we can see patients remotely. Um, and so, yeah, we have a lot of things on our plate. So, lots of exciting things going on.
0: Do you guys have outside capital in the business?
1: Not yet. We're looking into that now. Um, we we've been considering it for a couple of years. It's just not ever been the right timing. But with you know our recent strategic plan in place, it may it may be the right time to start considering that.
0: Well, I think uh, that certainly could could help your your growth, but I think you guys have also built something really special. So uh, once you have those opportunities, just like you put the rigor into choosing great team members, I hope you put the rigor into making sure you have the right partner so that you can scale and continue uh, the, the wonderful culture that you've built there.
1: Oh, we do as well. Thank you.
0: So um, Zawadi, if you were talking to somebody, uh, younger, even younger than you, but, uh, somebody maybe starting out in their career, uh, and, and somebody said, you know, I just, I want to be like you. What would you tell them? What kind of advice would you give them?
1: Uh-huh. Oh gosh. Um, I would say, um, first, like, just to be curious, just always ask questions, like have an open mind and, um, you know, consider all the possibilities. I know when Dr. Jones first approached me, I was like, I don't know anything about healthcare or medicine. Um, and so that was an obstacle that I had to face. And, you know, I was, I was perfectly fine working my way up the corporate ladder at the time and had not considered entrepreneurship. And so, but I was open to it. It, it sounded like fun. It was a new adventure. And I was like, you know what, I can figure this out. Like I figured out how to open up, you know, a whole call center in India, you know, so I, you know, I can figure this out. Um, And so I, uh, you know, I would say just be open minded, be curious and to believe in yourself.
0: Those are great, great messages. So Um, Let me just finish up with a couple quick hit questions, kind of like the association game. Maybe just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. So name a a leader that you look up to that influenced your style.
1: Oh, my gosh. So I, from afar, absolutely love Oprah. Um, I think she's just multi-talented. And I love the way her staff talks about her. Like if you ever see any of her staff in interviews, they just, they just adore her because she's so inspiring. And so I, I look up to her because I would love for my team to talk about me in that fashion.
0: That's a great one. I mean, she's a great example. And there's really no better compliment than when you're, what your own team says about you. So I think that's a, a, a great example. How about a good book that influenced your leadership style?
1: I love the book, um... How to Win Friends and Influence People Mm -hmm. by Dale Carnegie. I love that book.
0: That's a great one. Classic. Uh, How about your all-time favorite movie?
1: Oh, you know, you're going to laugh at this one. (laughs) I love the original Willy Wonka and Chocolate Factory.
0: Zawadi, that's one of my all-time favorites.
1: Are you serious? Oh, my gosh.
0: I love that movie. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I've seen it a thousand times
1: seen it a thousand times my husband just laughs he's like I cannot believe you know all the words to this movie
0: (laughs) oh it's the best uh and I was just talking to somebody we were actually talking about the grandparents and lying in bed all day and just just the other day yeah 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 um that's that's fantastic how about your favorite tv series to binge watch
1: you know I'm not really a big tv person but if If I had to say, like, I will say that my husband and I will binge watch House of Cards. Yeah, that's good. And it hasn't been on in a while, so I can't wait for the new season to come on. But that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. Um,
0: All right. So and finally, what's something about you that people don't know?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I would say... um, you know, people probably don't know that I I love love to dance all different dance styles, African salsa, uh, you know, modern jazz, tap. Like I, yeah, I'm a student of the dance form. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you should uh, take the example of your employees who made videos. Make a video of all of your dancing styles, <laughs> put it on your intranet site or the Facebook site that you have there, and you know, let them see it. Uh, uh, well, that's fantastic. You know, you have such a wonderful story, Zawadi. Let me just reflect a little bit on some of the things I heard that um, are lessons that that I'm taking from this, and maybe some of our listeners too. Um, just this idea of the the jump that you made from going up the corporate ladder and being successful in the engineering world, and and. Uh, taking this opportunity with your friend to research and then start the business. I like what you said about how engineering and business are very similar. You see a problem, you diagnose it, you solve it. Uh, all those similarities. Um, becoming a student of your experience that a lot of your leadership came from. You reflecting on experiences you had in work. You, you had some great bosses, which not everybody has. So you benefited from that and you were able to try to emulate them. Um, I think, you know, you were probably pushed into leadership a little bit uh, back in the days when you were flipping burgers at Burger King. Uh, but that had a really big impact, I know, on your your life. And when you ultimately had the opportunity to, to lead others, you were ready. You were ready for that. Um, being a sponge, being curious and uh, being open, the kind of advice you shared uh, for others. Uh, I think what your parents taught you. Uh, by being nurturing and encouraging you but but this idea of reading going to the library and things like that you know as I talk to entrepreneurs so much of what we've learned is really from books I mean it didn't come from school it came from maybe mentors but we just read and find great messages and learnings from the things we we read um, I think in 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 your business which is is a tough business to be in and a very competitive the fact that you guys have settled on the idea that Values really drive your business that the team is the center of the business, the key to your success, and that that will drive um, your your financial results uh, and the team being the leading indicator is really great um, and when you have multiple locations which I think will continue to grow, the very pragmatic tools that you've used to keep people together, whether it's the you know the Facebook for work or uh, the idea that you've had all these committees that, that allow people to stay involved and stay connected. And I think what's really critical is the, your commitment to bring people together in person on a regular basis even if it's quarterly and yeah, you might outgrow the location, etc. I remember um, visiting a big hospital system in Philadelphia a few months ago and the CEO, uh, does the same thing and they end up having to do it at a casino because that's the only place that had a room large enough to accommodate all of their leaders and he didn't really love the idea that they were doing it in a casino but he really had no other choice So, he, but the fact is he got everybody together Um, Mm. The daily huddles that you have just before those shifts where you get together and you focus on one value uh, each week um, and have those discussions and tell stories is just so critical and give people that purpose beyond the job. And I love what you said about the idea that it really doesn't matter how long someone's with Nightlight. And whether we're a, a, a long-term career choice for them or part of their career, that if you can have an impact on them, touch them, help them grow, you will feel like you've made a, um, a contribution to them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think ultimately the lessons that you've learned along the way that, that yes, while well, well, you grew up in a, in a way where you were used to controlling everything and every problem had a solution that could be created and... Um, that you had to control over everything. When you're running a company, you can't control everything. And, mm-hmm. um, and you don't know everything either. And when we do realize that uh, and, and sort of let uh, our ego out of the way and say, you know what, there's people that can do not only the same or better in terms of executing on our vision, it is a very liberating feeling. And it also creates opportunity for those people in the organization. So I think you've done a, a wonderful job in this transition over the last 10 years. Zawadi, and I wish you uh, the best of luck uh, in the next 10. I think there's great things to come for you and your organization.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate and this has been a great experience for me chatting with you.
0: Well, thank you. And thank all of you for joining me on this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. Until next time.